the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's a turn of the Chicago Bears. And with me, I've got a returning guest, a well-known member of the podcast. Back with me today, it's a good friend in Luke Campbell. How are you, mate? How are things? Yeah, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, yeah. We were talking off camera about the fact that I'm going to America in a few weeks. Um, so literally in a week and a half time, um, going to Vegas, LA, San Fran. So yeah, just getting money for that. Really, I think getting ready, everything's there. Just getting the spending money transferred from savings onto my card and stuff like that. And yeah, just packing will be the only, only thing left to do. Um, you know, looking forward to that. Vegas, you know, I'm not the biggest gambling man, um, but mm. I definitely am planning on going to you know a few casinos, a few. You know, I may even try and join a poker table now. My my knowledge is very little, so I don't know how long I would last, but um, I'm very intrigued by that prospect, you know, and um, yeah, it should be good, should be good, and um, you're going to a couple of games as well, uh, both involving the Giants, funny enough, uh, in Arizona and San Francisco, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it, looking forward to it, and the season in general, uh, which starts, obviously, we start when I'm out there, so I'm going to try and find a sports bar to watch that opening game with the Chiefs and the Lions, and obviously then, hopefully, somewhere on the Sunday as well, but I believe on that day, maybe traveling to, a, to San Diego on that day, or maybe it's the day afterwards. But um, yeah, either way, I'm looking forward it's to it. It's a tough life, mate, isn't it? It's a tough oh, life. It's so, so tough. So tough, yeah. It's, um, you know, life's really hard, you know. <laughs> oh, mate, it's tough. It's tough. The Cardinal Stadium is pretty awesome, by the way. So I think you'll love it. Um, it's really, really nice. So yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it. But I think the games will be awesome as well. You know, it's, it, there's nothing like a live NFL game, right? I mean, I'm off to see the Bears at the end of September. I'm going to see the Bears Broncos, and I can't wait, actually. So it's much the same as you. It's just excitement now. I wish it was here tomorrow. <laughs> that's the way it goes. And, of course, you mentioned going to the Chicago game against the Broncos. Is Chris coming with you for that one? No, 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 no. It's just a, a little holiday for myself and, and the wife. And uh, she, she's already said she's not coming to the game, although she kind of vaguely threatened to come with me. But I was like, no, you're okay. Honestly, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it's it's uh, the last time I was actually uh, at a game was about ten years ago, uh, a Bears game in in person in Chicago, and that was um, the Seahawks when they beat us in overtime, and they were unplayable that day. So th- this time I'm hoping for a little bit better against the Broncos. That's what I'm hoping for. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you did go to a game recently in the Super Bowl. Of course, if you haven't checked that one out, we did it. We did a recording about that just after you came back from Arizona. So if you want to listen to yeah. a first-hand experience on how it's like to spend Super Bowl, go back and listen to that one, and you can find out Luke's experience at the game. Um, and, of course, before we go on to the ins and outs of Chicago, of course, new stadium coming up for, for the Bears. Um, Soldier Field is being replaced. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on the same site, if not a different site, but all I've seen so far is just a video of their pro- projected how it's going to look, their sort of virtual mm-hmm. sort of prediction of how it's going to look and all it looks amazing and it's got all the still keeps all the skyline sort of there which is one of the best yeah. things all. even though i went in the nighttime and i did miss that part of it i've seen pictures in the daytime in day games yeah it just looks like an incredible and that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite stage of mini nfl even still to this day so yeah but what's your thoughts on that are you happy to be moving or are you um one of the fans that do want to stay in chicago i know there's not many of them but how do you how do you stand on that I mean, it, it's an interesting question, actually, because from a, a, a sort of franchise point of view, there's nothing quite like the setting of Soldier Field, even though, I mean, when I went, it was shown its age, so goodness only knows what it's going to be like now. I mean, it is, you know, it's quite ramshackle these days. Um, 
so I'll be interested to see what it's like now. But I, even when I went ten years ago, it was it wasn't the best. And um, but the setting was unbelievable. It really was. And you know, there's nothing like the atmosphere inside. You know, inside the stadium itself. So I do wonder what it's going to be like in the new stadium. But at the same time. You know, I can see the advantages of having a brand new stadium and 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 all of the, you know, the the sort of attraction around that because I think it just makes it better for the team and and you know if they get the the build of it right in the atmosphere it could arguably be an even better atmosphere than Soldier Field itself. Um, so it's exciting. It's exciting that they're willing to do that and they're not relocating the, the you know the the franchise. You know, obviously one of the founder members of the franchise. We wouldn't want to see them move away from the Chicago area. So. I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit sad to see the back of Soldier Field. But that's that's the way it goes. You know, you, you can't you can't stand in a way of change at times. You know, that's just the way it is. But it's it's fun. It'll be fun, I think, to go. And I can't wait to go to it actually once it's built. That'll yeah, be my next game. <laughs> I can imagine. I'm actually going to plan on going to it because I'm hoping this year to complete the stadium set, and I want to try and keep that going when you know the Bills open their new stadium and when the Titans do yeah. the same thing. So, and I totally. love Chicago. I had a great time when I went there. Um, so for me, I'm definitely going to plan on going there. Maybe you know, maybe if Bears play the Dolphins, we could we could get get a flight together and go to a game. And then um, work. I'm up for yeah. that. I'm definitely up for that. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. I just need to get sign off from the 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 boss. You know, the, yeah. the wife boss. That's <laughs> you know. <laughs> and of course, me and you are still planning if both our teams make the Super Bowl this year. We'll be in Vegas in February. So um, let's do it, man. Yeah. Let's totally do it. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine, you know. Can uh, as long as I win the lottery, it'll be all good. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there's some. I'm sure there's some bang we can rob if we need to. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> right, going into the bets and the current off season uh, with the team. Um, now, if I missed anyone out, do correct me. But the main outs that are, include Nikhil Harry, Riley Reef, uh, Byron Pringle. Uh, and the main ins include the likes of Tremaine Edmonds. Oh, and sorry, David Montgomery has also departed uh, from the Bears. Mm-hmm. And then the main ins include Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, and, of course, the, the big one, which was via that trade that moved down from the first overall pick to low down in the draft, I believe it was ninth with the Panthers, was to get DJ Moore, a wide receiver, in for Justin Fields. Now, for that, obviously, I don't know whether you've heard Steve's appearance yet on our Eagles podcast. Uh but he basically calls Justin Fields a Jalen Hurts off wish. I don't know what your thoughts are on that on that one, and, and whether you think DJ Moore can be the guy like Josh Allen, like a Jalen Hurts, like a Tua to progress with the addition of it of a top wide receiver. Steve just likes to say it to, to incite people, though. To be fair to him, you know, because we've we've done this often enough on on, on the, the hairdryer treatment podcast, so you know that he's always at the wind up half the time. <laughs> Um, you know, no. To be fair, there's no denying Jalen Hurts is his class and and how great he's been. And you know, I've seen it firsthand, and he, he really is an unbelievable player. I think Fields is of the same kind of mold. He's very mobile and stuff. But I, what I do think this year is, I think you'll see a change in the way that they do their game. Um, you know, last year we really had nothing at all, um, apart from him and Montgomery. And and really, you know, Moody, although I like him, he's not a WR one, not by a long stretch. Um, so I think adding DJ Moore is is making a huge difference to to you know to the threats that we have. Um, I think you'll see more of Claypool, although we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's still the jury's still out on him, but I think he could be very good, especially if he's not the main sort of focus of attack. So I think I think you might see a lot more 
you know, throwing rather than him using his legs. And I th- I'm happy about that because historically any QB that is mobile is much more likely to get injured. And I, I, I would not like that at all. You know, and I think that's the big risk for any of these teams with mobile quarterbacks. Um, and we are no exception really in that side of things. But it does give us a good dual threat. So he, he is, I suppose he is at like a Jalen Hurts light, I suppose, in some ways. But you know, it's no coincidence that he's he's like one of the top QBs now in terms of fantasy because of his dual threat there. And I like that. And I, I think they'll use it in a, to an extent this year, but I think you'll see a lot more throwing. Um, and, and you know, hopefully that'll give us a bit of a better balanced offence overall. Yeah, uh, I agree with you completely. And, you know, you've gone out and got, with that trade down, you got Don Wright, an offensive tackle from Tennessee, 10th overall. Um, yeah. And obviously that's me a big... A big part, I think, in protecting fields because look, looking at your running back room, I know you've got the likes of Khalil Herbert, but let's be frank, mm. he's not he's not he's not an elite running back, but he's not someone you're no. gonna look at and think he's gonna win you a game. But he's still fairly serviceable, he's fairly still fairly good. Um Plaster mm. Fields will have to obviously use his own legs as well as throw the ball. And I think DJ Moore, the yeah. fact that he went out and got him, um, shows their intention to use him in, in the throwing game as well. Um so for that, obviously, it's you've got DJ Moore, you bought in Robert Tonyan as well via via free agency. Um, it's looking like a better Donta better Foreman as well. Sorry, Donta Foreman as well as a as a yeah. running back. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a bit of a share there at running back between Herbert and Foreman, for instance, with Rashawn Johnson coming into the mix as well because he's he's quite well regarded as well, and I think a bit of a steal in terms of where we got him in the draft. So you might see a bit of a running back committee there. But that's not a bad thing, actually. It's not a bad thing. And especially if you've got the mix there of, of you know, um, Fields being able to run as well, I think it, it could be really interesting. Although I think Foreman's days, best days are behind him. Uh, but, but I do think he'll be good as a mentor to the, the other guys on the roster. I don't think, I don't see anyone else really being a factor in the running back room, but I think it's interesting all the same. And do you worry about the fact that yes, got... and do you worry about the fact that um yes, you've got more in, you know, and I think Komet and Tonyan are good tight ends. I don't think they're you know, like, like a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, but do you worry about oh, no. the situation where you're up against the team where they do double team DJ Moore? Do you worry about that when you know when they do double team? Because right now your best probably your second best wide receiver probably is Chase Claypool, which is not yeah. really saying an awful lot. So do you, does that worry you at all, the fact that, yes, you've got more in, you've got likes of commit, but do you worry about games when more is taken out by a cornerback and neutralised by, by being double-teamed, etc.? Do you worry about that, the fact that if more can't get involved in the game or he's not allowed to get involved in the game, who else he feels he's going to throw to? I mean, it's that's a very good question. It's something that, that kind of did occur to me and I, I felt as if we we you know we could have if we were serious about competing this year we could have signed another you know it's um tier one wide receiver but I suppose the one the one thing that I would say I think is that Mooney's quite pacey. I think Claypool put up good numbers you know uh, you know before he, he moved last year was it was a bit of a write-off for him um he could potentially come back to a bit of form. But we've also, we drafted a guy called Tyler Scott, who's a bit of a speedster as well. And he he's somebody that might be a bit of a, a bit of a, a dark horse in terms of being, you know, somebody who, you know, we could look at to where Moore's getting, you know, double teamed to have a bit of a pace on, the, you know, the outside and stuff. But 
you're, you're right, there is a difficulty there. Um, the, the only thing that I would say is that I think there's a possibility of them playing two tight end sets with Tony and Ann Kmet there in those sorts of situations to give you, you know, the, the, the possibility of other reception targets. And that's that's a possibility that, that you might see them, you know, putting out there. I've seen it written a few times, actually, but I'll, I'll be interested to see week one, week two, see what happens. Um, you know, you can't really tell much from pre-season, but I, I do think there'll be there'll be certain tactics anyway to allow us to, you know, mitigate that. Um, and if they have double teaming Moore, then it does mean there's more space for someone else to, you know, produce something or even for them to, you know, play action, for instance, and use a lot more play action in there to, you know, to make it work. Yeah, and I difficult. think with, with, with Herbert, you can you can use that disguise of using him or someone yeah. else like um like Dante Foreman, for example. And I, I do think that may be the way to go. I think we've seen a lot of teams do that with success. I mean, the Titans did it for years when they were reaching championship games and like with you know Henry and yeah. thing off to AJ Brown, but I think you can do that. And also you can even use Fields' legs in the play action game as well. So um yeah, I think overall that's only positive about. But of course, it is a tough division. The NFC North is even though Rogers is left, it's still very much tough. You've got the Lions who are on the rise, you know, you've got the Vikings who won the division with 13 wins last year. And I think the Packers, you know, they may have a tough year, but you never know. So it's it's a tough division. I'm very excited for this division to see who can actually win it. But for you, of course, in terms of the defense, you've got a defensive-minded coach in Matt Eberflus, who his first head coaching gig was last year. Obviously, worst record in the league. He came after three or four years with the Colts as their DC. Does that worry at all? The fact that you know Dan Campbell's more expensive head coach. Matt the floor's more expensive head coach and Kevin Connell's the same, but he had way more success in his first year. So does that worry you at all about Matt Eberflus? And does he bring you any concern going into 2023? The fact that he's only really had one year and that year was was pretty terrible. Well, you know, yes, we ended up with the number one draft pick, but if you look at it, there was there was about four or five games where it was I think it was at least four or five games where we were like it was a one score game. And there was a lot of high scoring games as well where we, we lost, you know, I think it was what was it 35, 32 to the to the Dolphins, I think it was something like that. I can't remember exactly the scores now. Um, but you know, I, I was reading a piece about it this morning, and, and it's really interesting actually, because we were so close in a lot of games, and, and you've got to think this year that I mean, I th- I like Eberflus. I think he's made a lot of the right calls. I think last year he was kind of I think Ryan Poles had to make a number of moves to to clean up the roster, right? So that especially defensively, losing you know um, Roquan Smith and 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 Mac and Quinn were were tough to take because you you just had no you had no QB rush whatsoever. There was no pressure really on an opposing QB, so you, you we were an easy target to score points against really. Um, but what was encouraging for me was that we were scoring lots of points last year, and it was just that we couldn't defend really. Um, we have in my opinion, made a lot of steps forward in terms of improving our overall um, defensive side of things. I mean, there's a lot of really good players there. Um, you know, and, and Gakwe, I think, is is a good a good signing for the sort of money. Um, he may not be a like a totally tier one edge rusher, but he's he's going to do a job for us. And and similarly, I think the you know signing the likes of Edmonds, T.G. Edwards, and stuff like that are are good signings to help us kind of you know, reach the next level. And if you look at it, the Bears have got a really young roster. 
you know, one of the youngest really, you know, overall. So they're bound to take a step forward, really. Um, so I, I, I've got a lot of faith in, in Flus himself. I think he's going to do a good job. And I think defensively, you'll see an improvement from us. Um, but I also think that, that Poles has made a lot of good moves. Um, the only one you could really legitimately criticise was the the trade for Claypool. And again, that was only really because he gave up a high second round pick for him. I think if it had been a bottom of the second round pick, you would have said that's pretty decent value for someone who may have potential. And, and, and I think a lot of Bears fans would probably agree with me that a high second round was probably a bit in the high side for Claypool, but it might be forgiven if he has a great year this year. So I I, I do think we'll improve this year. Um, whether we'll win the division or not, I, I, you know, I don't think so, but I think we'll certainly be more competitive. I mean, I'm expecting seven wins minimum this year, and I think that seems to be the the kind of, you know, the consensus amongst anyone I've read, that a minimum of seven is, is what you're looking for. So if we squeeze another couple of wins out of that, suddenly you're starting to look like you could make it through the wild card, for instance. Um, I don't think the Vikes will be as good this year. You know, they again, they were the recipients of extreme good luck last year. Um, they can stick skull wherever they like, by the way, incidentally. Um, but they, I don't think they'll go 13 wins. Uh, you know, they're not as good a team. Um, so they, they'll probably win less games. The Packers, boo, definitely won't win as many games. Although I've heard a lot of good things about love, which I'm not loving much. Um, but I, I, I just can't see them being anywhere near as good this year. They, they'll, you know, nine wins is probably their top, you know, from what everything I've read. And the Lions are the biggest overrated team in the history of the world. Everyone Ooh. thinks they're awesome, but they are not going to be right. They are totally not going. You can revisit this next year, but they are not winning the NFC North. You heard it here first. There's no way. No chance. They're not, they're not even half as good as they think they are. Everyone's hyping them up, but they're not. Right? Now, this is a Bears fan saying this, but honestly, they are not. Um, but and if they if they win it and they come back, I will I will happily wear a lion shirt. I will happily. Right, there you go. That is happening. That, that's go. the soundbite we need. That is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, confident predictions are us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you, before we go into your win loss tie segment, um, yeah. just you mentioned about the tough losses, and I think you're right because looking at yeah. your losses from last year, you lost. Um, you, you lost by some games you did lose by more than double digits scores, but you you beat yeah. albeit you beat Houston by three points, but you only lost by seven points to the Vikings. You lost by six or seven points against the Commanders. You know you did give up forty nine points against the Cowboys. But you put up twenty nine. Yeah. You lost by three points against Miami. One point against Detroit. Three points against Atlanta. Um, yeah. you know nine points against the Packers in Week Thirteen, and there was a five point loss in Week Fifteen against the Eagles. You know, um, and there was a couple more games towards the end where it was the you know, hope was lost at that point. Um, you know, a, a long stretch. Actually, the last one you had was in week seven, so that shows how how poor it was. But you were, as you said, you were still having these games taking teams close. I think if you add DJ more, I can see at least being, as you say, at least being seven wins or more. Uh, but speaking of which, we are heading to our final second, which is going to be our win loss tie section. So every fan predicts their team's game. We're going through each game. And having a win-loss tie answer. Now, Luke, you came on last year. Um, so your record was the actual real life record was three thirteen and one. Do you remember what yours was at all? Oh, I, I it was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure I was the most optimistic guy in the world. I'm sure I'm sure I predicted like eight wins or something, maybe nine wins. Yeah, nine um, and eight. Yeah, nine and eight. So it's um 
you know, you aren't the first person to have this happen to me. We had a Broncos fan who got the same sort of experience, but yeah, it's not. <laughs> I, I am tempted to just say every time you say a game, I'm just going to say win. Mm. I'll just be done with it. Yeah, just yeah, you know. don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> so week one, um, you do face the Green Bay Packers at home, win, loss, or tie. My heart says win. My heart says win. Um, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go win actually, because it's love's first real game. Um, and I think he's gonna crumble under pressure. We're gonna win that one. Let's do it. Come on. Hey. So in week two, you're on the road to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We might win that because they are they might be sucking badly this year. They they could potentially be the worst team, actually. Potentially. So we might win that actually, but it's tough. I'm going to say win because I'm optimistic. Well, if you do beat the Buccaneers, do you think this time round Bacon Mayfield will get confused over what down is? Do you think that will happen this year, like what happened to Brady a couple of years ago? Do you think he'll also get as confused with what downs it is? <laughs> I, I mean, it's interesting actually that the the Bucks are, are are looking at starting Mayfield because this is kind of like the last chance saloon for him, really, isn't it? He's got to really make his name here, and and whether he will or not, I don't know because I think I, I just I just don't know if he's got it to be honest. So I, it, it's an interesting question. Though. All of this to do with the Bucks. If I was a, a Bucks fan, I'd be very worried this year for sure. But then again, I said it before in our round episode that I would take a bad year for men winning a Super Bowl. But if you could tell me, you know, Dolphins could win a Super Bowl in three years' time, but then the next three years after that were terrible, I would take that. And I'm sure you'd be the same with the Bears or most fans. Every fan would. Every fan would, mate, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think Bears have had it the last 25 years, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> Since that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so week three um, is probably your hardest test of the whole season. On the road to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a lose all over. There's yeah. no way we're going to win that one. <laughs> Week four is a game you're going to um, at home to the Denver Broncos. That's a tough one. Um, I I think, unfortunately, I think we're going to lose that one because I think Peyton's got the magic the magic mix that's going to bring the Broncos back. Chris is going to love me saying this, actually. He's going to <laughs> rub it in forever. But I, I, I rate Peyton really highly, and I think he's he, he'll he'll rejuvenate the Broncos, and I think they'll they'll do really well this year. I think so. That'll be a loss, sadly. Hey, so week five, you're on the road to the Washington Commanders. I think we'll win that one actually. Okay, okay. So that means going into week six up against the Minnesota Vikings, which is a game that actually will be on the same day. Hopefully, me and you will be meeting up for the first time in person uh, at home. I know, I know. Um, that's a, a home game. That'll be tough. We could conceivably lose that. I mean, the Vikes are, much as I like to disparage them, they're still a pretty good team. And uh, it's going to be a tough ask to win that. So I think I might be realistic and say lose, even though my heart's screaming win-win. Are you looking forward to the London game this year? Take oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 good. It, it's also um, it'll be nice just to catch up with you know with uh, with you know with everyone as well. And and you know, as I say, we're looking forward to, to meeting up and catching up and you know having a couple of beers as well. But I just they 
I think the atmosphere of the London Games is always the thing that really excites me. Everyone wears their their their, their shirts like a like a prize, like a trophy, and and you know it's it's always fun to see how many you know uh, different team shirts and stuff that you can spot over the years, and even the old, you know some some of the older pr- franchise teams and stuff like that, and and European teams as well. So it's it's really cool. I love the atmosphere. Um, can't wait actually. Really can't wait. Yeah, same here. I mean, I have to sell one of my tickets, unfortunately, but I'm still going to two of the three. And you know, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, by the August, well, I'll be actually getting a media pass for that, that game against the Ravens and Titans. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but what I love is that when I first started going to games, I was often going on my own or occasionally with my dad, and it was a case where yeah. you wouldn't you, you would meet people that only really through sitting next to them in your seat. But what I've yeah. loved is since doing, doing a podcast you know, in lockdown and further, I've sort of met more and more people and I've met so many and I think that there are quite yeah. a few actually people who have been on this this uh, these season previews alone now could be going to the game. I mean, Shane Harris, our Ravens fans going to the game for obvious reasons. You know, Oliver mm-hmm. Trent, our Cardinals fans is going to the game. So there's quite a few people that I've had on the podcast that are going to be at the game and I've some I've met in person now, some I haven't. So that's what I love now is that there's a real community and I think there's definitely a nice one that you get in our version of football, I think. I think it's a bit more hostile and a bit more territorial when it comes to football or soccer. But I think with NFL, everyone just loves watching the sport. Everyone's there to celebrate the sport. And that's what I love. And I think it's a great chance to meet people and just meet everyone in the community. And I think the more I've got to know people, the more I've enjoyed going to these events. So yeah, it should be a good, should be a good day. And and completely agree with that. I think that's the, the thing that about it is there's much more of a community sense about it. And and you know, even even if there's team rivalries and stuff, it's all in really, really good natured, you know. And and even the Packer fans I can put up with, you know, I mean that's saying something, but you know, uh, but no, in all seriousness, it is great. And 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 the community and the camaraderie in the UK NFL scene is is something else. Um it's really good fun. So yeah, just totally can't wait now. Yeah, should be a good day. Um, week seven is a home game once again, but this time it's against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I I'm going to say lose on that one. Tough, tough one because I, I, yeah, I just think I think it might be a lose. I think it'll be close, but I think we might lose that. Okay, so week eight, you're off to LA in the West Coast, take on the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Oh, that's a lose as well. They're they're going to be too good this year, aren't they? Okay. Um, week nine on the road at the Superdome against the Saints. I think we could win that. Okay, I think okay. so. Um, week ten is the team you traded down with with the first overall pick in the Carolina Panthers at Soldier Field. I think we'll win that. Okay. Um, week 11 is on the road to the Detroit Lions. Oh. Oh, divisional rivals. I think we'll lose that, sadly. Much as I would love to win it, I think it'll be close. I think we'll be closer than we think. But I think we may lose because it's on the road. Okay. So then week 12 is another... NFC North road game as you take on the Vikings. I think we might lose that too. Okay. See, I'm being more realistic this time because I'm not saying win every game. Even though my heart is screaming every time you see a name, I'm like, win, win. <laughs> no, we're going to lose that. No, I mean, so far, going into week 13, Bar, you're currently at a 5-7 and seven record. So it's um, maybe not the best start, but maybe you'll get some wins further not on. the worst. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, week 14 um, is your first week off the bye, uh, and you're at home to the Lions. We'll win that one. Okay. Um, we'll win. Now, week 15, a game I think everyone will hope you win because you're playing the Sean Watson and the Cleveland Browns on the road. Love to say we'll win that one, but I don't think so. I think it might be a lose. Uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I just think it'll be tough. It'll be too tough. Okay, so week 16, uh, it's on Christmas Eve, um, so 3.25pm local time. It's about 8.25 and 9.25pm uh, for those watching in the UK, which is a great prospect, um, is against the Cardinals. Win for us, definitely. And you, I know it's obviously going to be on quite late on Christmas Eve, but you can be watching that game. I don't know how your Christmas plans work. I'm going to try my best to watch that game, without a doubt. I'm going to try my best. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I think we're playing on that day, and I believe we're playing... I think the same time I want to say against the Cowboys. I think uh, I'm not too sure, but I know for me, I do normally go out Christmas Eve, so I may have to one year, especially now with the zone not giving the option of downloading games. I might have to um, stay at home, which I've done actually since COVID. I've done quite a lot actually because most of my friends have moved out anyway. So it's yeah, I might just stay in. And speaking of which, New Year's Eve is week 17, uh, 12 p.m. local time, 6 p.m. in the UK, as you take on in Soldier Field, your final home game of the season against the Falcons. That's a win. Okay. So it means you're 8-8 eight eight going into your final week, which is on the road at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Right. I'm going to say win. What the hell? Oh, Let's oh, do this. Come on. That's an amazing run down the stretch. Come on. Come on. 8-8. Eight eight. Here we go. <laughs> so nine and eight will get you uh, at the moment. So you are, you are our twenty seventh guest and our twenty sixth team of the series, and you are currently our joint nineteenth most optimistic fan. I don't know whether that's glass or four glass half empty, but um, you've only got um, one, two, three, four, five fans who are less optimistic than you. So you've got you know Graham Henderson, our Texans fan. You've got Jeff Reinbold on behalf of the Raiders. And we've got Rams fans, Sam Andrews, and then Cardinals fans, Sam Morgan and Oliver Kent, yeah. only only there behind you. So, yeah, I think there's even that shows maybe how optimistic our fans have been. But the fact you're nine and eight, and only five people have less than you, I think that's that shows the kind of hope that people have around their team before the season starts. Hope over expectation, mate. That's what it is. Um, but you know, anything above seven, anything above seven wins, I'll take this year. I'll take that as as tangible signs of progress. Uh, I'd be disappointed with anything less. Seven wins or less, I probably would be disappointed with. And anything above that, I would take without a doubt. So I think that seems like a reasonable, you know, expectation as a Bears fan. You just want to see progress, you know, both on, you know, both sides of the, the, the you know, the playing side of things. So that is where we will end the podcast for today. So once again, thank you Lee, for coming on. Thank you, mate. It's been good to chat again. I've loved it. Yeah, really loved it. Great stuff. And we are getting Luke. We are getting Luke on again. Um, just before the season starts, we're doing our annual season predictions episode with Steve, our third edition of it. So hopefully, Luke will win this year. <laughs> come on, come on, you know it. Come on, I'm due a win. Yeah, you last both times, I think. So you're, you're due to be at least second place. <laughs> I'm, what I'm going to have to do is, is like have Steve's arm up his back or something, so it, and just make sure he doesn't give any good pre- pre- uh, predictions. I think that's the key in all of this. Yeah, yeah. 
make sure he has the Colts winning the NFC South, make sure he has, you know, Buccaneers winning the NFC South. Or, or just and... gag him so he can't give any wins and I'll just pretend to be him. I'll be like, uh, yeah, lose, lose, <laughs> lose. He goes last in the NFC East. <laughs> I think um, he'd love that. Yeah, I think he would. I think he'd enjoy the challenge. Um, but yeah, definitely. That is where we will end the podcast for today. Um, so this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, our Chicago Bears season preview, and we will see you guys our next season preview.